0: feeling it. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Abba. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your blessings, Lord. Thank you for the, the joy in this house. I thank you, Lord, for all the changed lives, for everything you're doing, Lord. We give you all the glory. And now, Father, we yield to you. We yield to you, Holy Spirit, Jesus. We yield to you in Jesus' name amen. So I'm going to teach a little bit. Um, You can go ahead and go to my screens. Oh, yeah. I'm going to teach a little bit about the Passover tonight. People have asked me in the past to teach on it, and I'm just going to barely introduce, barely touch on, because there's so many things about the Passover um, that I want to go over. So he's getting that up on our screen. And, amen. I hope I don't have to use my notes. Amen. We have, um, I have, I brought some elements with us. This is a tray, and there's different elements in the Passover. Each of them have meaning. And so as we go on, I won't be able to teach all of it tonight, but as we go on, um, I'll share more, and there's, it just builds in Revelation, First thing I wanted to do is talk about the spotless lamb. There's Lee's little lamb. <laughs> that Jesus is our spotless lamb. And that's really what Passover is all about. So Paul kept Passover. So a lot of people think, well, Passover, isn't that a Jewish thing? Isn't that Old Testament? I, do I need to do the Old Testament and I just wanted to, you know, I'm just going to bring out some word for you that so that you can decide for yourself. In 1 Corinthians 5, 7 through 8, it said, get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch. Remember Lee talked about the unleavened bread? As, as you really are for Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival. So in the New Testament, they kept the Passover. It was never done away with. Jesus kept the Passover in Matthew twenty-six, seventeen through 35. It said, on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for the Passover? He replied, go into the city a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. Jesus kept the Passover. In fact, what we know as the Last Supper was in fact a Passover, a Passover Seder. So I'm going to begin to unfold revelation for people who may not know that power and the beauty of it, how much revelation is in the Passover itself. So I just want you to notice that Jesus was the Passover lamb, but the whole Passover feast was something that God established many, many years before. In fact, the word says that the, the, the word says that God says, this is my feast. These feasts are not Jewish feasts. They're not the people's feasts. God says, this is my feast, and you shall do it forever. And, you know, because when I first started looking at this, I, I looked at even in the Bible where it talks about when Jesus comes back, and he's ruling and reigning, how it says all the all the nations will come up to Jerusalem to keep the feast of the tabernacle. So these feasts are the Lord's. They don't belong to any particular people. They are his. So God is, has an appointed time for each of these feasts. So Passover marks the beginning of God's year. It says in Exodus 12, 1, 2, the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. And we we learned last time that you begin the Passover by cleaning out your house of all the unleavened bread. Because in the Old Testament, they were told to prepare unleavened bread because they would not have time for the yeast to rise. And in this situation, yeast can be, a bad influence like sin so you remove all sin you remove all evil from your life when you go through this unleavened bread process you're cleaning your house and and, you know they take even toothbrushes for every little crumb I mean and then it's taken all the leavened bread is taken and burned as an offering to God so you know don't go shopping for a lot of bread before (laughs) Passover (laughs) because you're going to end up burning it all so anyway, this is all an offering to God. God said, this is this is my feast. And listen, how many of us are going to be challenged as, you know, Gentile Christians. We've never been taught this. We don't know anything about it, but God said to do it. God said, do it. So obedience is better than sacrifice. And there are many blessings that come along with this Passover, marks the beginning of the year. It says, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of the year. So it is in the month of Nisan. Well, the word Nis, it it actually means blessing. And the word Nun or Nun, the end of that, is double. So how many, you know, it's like if you can begin to get the revelation of what happens During God's appointed times with man. And you see what's so beautiful about this. You know, if we go about in the world. And we just go about life as usual. If we don't attend to a garden, what happens? Chaos. It starts to grow out of hand. If we don't take care of um, our houses. If we aren't, you know, doing certain things, uh, cleaning, it, what happens? It just becomes chaos. The Lord had established for man appointed times to do, I like to call it a reset. How many of you feel like, man, I need a reset? I need a reset in my life. That's what this is. It's the beginning of the year. It's the beginning of the time. And the Lord, it's like a reset, you know? So we're we're just going to talk about this double blessing. So there's blessings in these feasts, the appointed times. These are like open windows of heaven. I mean, God says if you will if you will show up. And he always says, and don't come before me empty-handed. He says come before him with offerings. In fact, in Malachi it says, if you return to the ancient Ties and offerings of old. What was he saying? Go back to the feast. Go back to these times, the ancient times. They had lost track of Passovers. You see, when they, when, um, Joseph was in Egypt and he became second guy to Pharaoh, remember that? There, the, because Israel was in Egypt, it became so blessed. But as time went on, the Pharaohs that came after that Pharaoh didn't remember Joseph anymore. And they just saw these, uh these Israelites, they can do amazing things and they wanted to control them. So they didn't let them leave the country. Just like, you know, you come in this country, you can't get out. So they made them slaves and they utilized them. But, but God had been, they had been crying out to God because it, That The Pharaohs have made it so hard for them to make the bricks and the mortar. So that's another lesson. But I just want to start introducing this time of year, the Moedim, the appointed time. We're talking about an open window, an open portal. It's a time that comes and it goes. And the Lord is looking in particular at this time to see his people, to see who is going to obey. Who is going to keep His feast, celebrate with Him His communion with us? Amen, in this special way. Um, so Passover is the time for reset. Second Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Just like Carl said, it's a new thing. It's a new thing. So this is like a new season, a new time. Amen. So here's our little lamb, the spotless lamb. I just just thought he was so cute. I had to keep putting him up there. (laughs) But I just want you to understand about this lamb. When God said to take this lamb, they had to take this lamb on the 10th day of the month and they had to bring it into their home, literally tie it to their bed. And it had to be there for days. And don't you know the kids were playing with it, naming it, loving on it. Everybody was this the cutest little lamb. And they were falling in love with it. But they needed to understand the impact of what sin does. The, what sin does, the wages of sin is death. And there has to be a judgment. So... They fell in love with the lamb. They examined the lamb. They declared he was spotless, just like the word the Lord required, a spotless lamb. In Exodus twelve five, it says, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Christ was closely inspected. Christ himself was inspected by Pilate. By Herod, by Annas, by Caiaphas, even in when you read about Caiaphas, they couldn't even come up with things. They had to come up with lies. And nobody wanted to say anything. Nobody wanted to even witness. But then finally two came out with lies. But I, And I want you to understand that even Pilate, who was not a Jewish man, did a very Jewish custom when he washed his hands he said because he did not want the blood of an innocent man on his hands because it would bring a curse amen so jesus was examined in all the every place it's like i find no fault in him i find no fault in him so he was our spotless lamb first peter 1:19 but the precious blood of christ as the lamb without blemish and without spot. Amen. So this is. oops, Part of our Passover. The whole community of God's people. Uh, come out for this celebration. In Exodus 12.6. It says now you shall keep it until the 14th day. Of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation. Of Israel. Shall kill it at twilight. So that little lamb. That everybody fell in love with. And fed and took care of. And petted. and Examined it. It had to be killed for the wages of sin is death and there has to be a judgment. Romans 3, 21, 26, God's righteousness through faith. It says even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe for there is no difference for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So all need to partake of the Passover. All need to partake of the lamb. Amen. The whole community of God's people, the blood applied, covered and protected the blood of the sacrifice lamb was applied to the door frame, the lintel, and the side post because of the covering the house was spared from God's plague. And, and what I wanted to do, I wanted to demonstrate something real quick here. And um, Pastor Mike, you'll come up here. Wanted to talk covered and protected. That word Pesach, Passover what it means is it's not just it's not just covering and protecting this here is like the secret place you can turn this way of the most high this is the place Satan can't get into this is the secret place and Jesus said and when you pray go into your your closet this is the place you go in and pray where nobody can see you and the enemy can't get into you. And the word says covering your head so that the angels will know. I don't know that if the angels can read our thoughts. I don't know whether they can or not. I'll have to ask. But they see this. They see this. Amen. Now what I want you to do is I want you to spread your hands out from one corner to the next. And I want you to spread it out like a covering. And what the men would do for their family, this develops, is like a kippah, it's like the glory covering, it's like a glory cloud. And they would spread this out. These are called wings. These knots hold all the commandments of the law. This is what the woman with the issue of blood touched. Because in Malachi, it says, "He, can't, the son of righteousness has healing in his wings and in his beams. And she knew that scripture. And when Jesus was coming, she knew if I could just touch this him, because this represents all the law, and there was one who had kept all the law. And so this is what she touched. But as, as he held these out, you remember the scripture where Jesus said, "Oh Jerusalem, if I could have covered you with my wings... And held you, but you would not let me. He was saying, Oh, Jerusalem, if I could have just brought you in and covered you with my wings and my glory. Amen. So I just wanted to demonstrate that. Thank you. And you can just hold that onto that. Amen. So that Is like the glory cloud. It represents something. I I just want you to understand something. People say, "Well, I don't know why we have to do all that. I don't know why we have to do take the bread or the wine. I don't know." But I want you to understand that in God's world and in our world, everything is connected. Spiritual and physical—they're all linked. It's just like Adam and Eve partook. Of the tree of of uh, good and evil, the tree was it the good and evil right? Yeah, the knowledge of good and evil. He they partook of something. They did something physically, and it changed the whole condition of the physical world because it changed something spiritually. So you need to understand that when you keep the Passover, when you do these things, you are invoking something in the spirit realm that affects the spirit, the physical realm. Amen. This is not foolishness. This is how it is. It's just like when Cain killed Abel, he did something very physical, but it affected something spiritually in his life forever it's it's like if you commit a sin if you if you commit a sexual sin it it is a physical thing but it affects you spiritually forever until you get delivered so it's all connected you you need to begin to understand the the physical the spiritual the soulish it's all connected it's all connected. So it's not just foolishness when you understand the revelations in it. So they applied the blood on the doorpost. Now what that does, what that did is that that caused the angel the destroyer to pass over, to go over it, to overlook it, to to so now I want you to see something. When Moses was a baby, Pharaoh had ordered the firstborn of Egypt, um, of the Israelites, to be killed. And it was one Jewish woman, uh, Moses' mother said, I'm, that's not right, I'm not going to let that. And the Lord had ordained it, and she put that baby in a river. And then he was taken into Pharaoh's house. So what does that say? That says it, we need to invade Pharaoh's house. God has a purpose. He has reason. Okay? But don't you know that when that Pharaoh did that, he brought a curse on all of Egypt at that point in time. Because I used to think about the plagues, and I'll teach you later next time about the plagues, but I used to think, wow, God, that was pretty hard, killing the firstborn of all of Egypt and they're animals of the firstborn and you know the, the lord says the firstborn belongs to him the thing that opens the womb is his and i thought god isn't that a mean god i mean you didn't you go a little far god but don't you realize god will not be mocked whatsoever a man sows that shall he reap and there was a judgment in order there was a judgment a curse a judgment had come because of what the previous Pharaoh did, because of what that Pharaoh did ordering all the firstborn. And then that was threatened again and it came on Egypt. So that, that is our Lord. He is a God of love, but we come under curses or we come under blessings. Amen. So, when we apply the blood, it protects. Now, listen, the neat thing about this is as you apply the blood of Jesus in your life, and you need to do it regularly, you need to apply, keep that blood applied, because as you do that, you don't have to go out, you don't have to go into rebuking cancer. It never could get in. (laughs) You don't have to go rebuking this, rebuking that and being free of that. It can't get in. It can't get past the blood. Amen. It's in the secret place. It's covered. It's under his wings. That evil thing can't come in. That's the blessing. Amen. Amen. So, Because of the covering, the house was spared from God's plague. What is God's plague? That is just the judgment that is already in force. The curse that's in force. Don't you know the word says, I don't know if I get these words just right, but as like a sparrow takes flight, a curse does not come without a cause. Curses, every curse has a cause and it can be tracked. And traced every curse, but so can the blessing be invoked. Amen. So can we step into the blessing and get rid of these curses? So God has a, it's a, it's like it's in place. It's not like God said, Well, I'm going to wipe them out. He doesn't get angry like that. He's, He's full of love, but we, create curses in the earth just like when Cain killed Abel and Adam and Eve sinned it's like it sets up it's like the system and you know you're either working against it or you're you're in it but you can't you have to find a way the lord gave us a way to get out of the system of the curses amen and this is one of them through the passover amen Jesus is the Lamb, Romans 3, 25 and 5, 9. Christ shed his blood to rescue his people. We need to be covered. We need to be covered. My typing's a little off. To be justified by the blood of the Lamb. To be rescued from condemnation. To be rescued. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and this is John 12:9 and said behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world sin brings a curse sin brings curse he takes it away Amen Exodus 12:14 the passover is a feast it's to be remembered forever so this day shall be to you a memorial and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout the generations. You shall keep it as a feast, as an everlasting ordinance. Amen. You know, and when Jesus was, was in that last, that Passover Seder, and he said, keep this and do this in remembrance of me. So it was already commanded that we would do this in remembrance year after year after year. And he said, keep this in remembrance of me. Jesus said to do in remembrance of him in Luke twenty-two nineteen. and he took the bread, he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you to do in remembrance of me. And I, here's here's another thing I want to go over. In Exodus 12:46, it said, "In one house it shall be eaten." He's talk it's talking about the lamb, and you shall not carry out any of the flesh outside of the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. So this lamb, this particular lamb that was sacrificed, not one bone could be broken. Now I want you to look at this. In John 19, 32, 33, then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who were crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. This was a perfect sacrifice. Isn't that amazing? It gives me chills. I don't know what it does to you, but It gives me chills. So the Passover Seder, that, that is the, that is the, uh, the, the order. What Seder means is order. That's the order. And so I'm just touching in on this. And as we go, as the next couple of teachings, I'll teach you more. But you have Passover, you have the Moedim, the appointed time. You have the order, which is called the Seder. You have the Haggadah. That is, um, I have one up here. Yeah. Where to go? Okay. That is like what that means is that's the telling of the whole story about how God delivered Israel in Moses' time, how he brought them into deliverance. And so each part of the Seder has a story and revelation and it just grows. And this is to be told throughout every generation. This story about the lamb, about the sacrifice, about all of it, is to be told over and over again. You have the four questions, which we're not going to go over tonight. But there's a lot of elements about the Seder. So I'm just going to give you a couple of little revelations. The lighting of the candles. In the beginning, a prayer is said, Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, creator of all the universe who has sanctified us with your word, your commandments, and commanded us to kindle the festival lights. So it's the beginning of the, the festival, the beginning of the time. It marks a time. And this is done by usually a woman, because in Genesis 3.15 it says, Our Redeemer, the light of the world, came into the world as a promised seed of a from the woman. So our Redeemer came, the light came through the world, through a woman. So usually it is the woman who lights the candles. Now when you light the candles, when you understand the physical aspect, you are lighting the candles. You are lighting your home. But what's happening in the spirit realm is you're setting forth light in your home as a witness to the world. Because you should do this in front of a window, in front where the world can see that you have these lights lit in your house. And what this is saying is that it doesn't matter how dark the world gets out there. We have the light in our home. So you're invoking something in the spirit realm. It just doesn't matter how dark. How many of you... Go through your week and you just feel like, man, I got darkness stuff. But every day, every time that you do like every Sabbath, you light the candles because that spreads the light and you remind your soul as well as your spiritual, everything about yourself that my home is full of light. Amen. And it's not part of the dark world. I am a light In a dark world. Amen. So the lighting of the candles. Is a very significant. Thing. That's why I love the fact that we have candles. I love that. Then you have four cups. And I'm not going to go into all the cups. I have little cups here. For display. But there's a cup. Jesus didn't you know. When we do the Lord's Supper. We just think there's one cup. But there were four. The very first cup is the cup of sanctification. It is the Kadesh. It is the cup that says we are now separating. We've lit the candles and we are now separating time. We are now separating time into a supernatural time. The portal is open. The window is passing. He's there. He's there. So you're, you're making it a holy time. It's separate from the, everything else. That's what that cup does. And then later on, I'm going to teach about this, about the cup of plagues. But God says in each time that he said, I will, with my outstretched arm, in the first cup, I will bring you in the second cup, the cup of plagues, I will free you. And the fourth, third cup, the cup of redemption, I will redeem you. And the fourth cup, the cup of praise, is the, also called the cup of ex- acceptance, I will take you. <laughs> so we'll learn more about these cups and what they meant. Now I want you to know that when the Lord... Uh, took the cup, the one that he said, this is my blood. It was on the cup of redemption. So that he gave his blood so that God could see us. He could see us through the blood and see us as his son or his daughter. Amen. And then the cup of praise is the cup that Jesus said, I will not drink this one. Now, he is a rabbi. He is a teacher. He's commanded to drink all of these cups. But this cup, he said, I will not drink this cup with you until I come again in the kingdom. And in Revelations, it talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb and him taking this cup. This is the cup of joy, the cup of acceptance. But he could not take that cup because when he prayed in the garden, he said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass. Because this was his cup for us to be accepted, for us to be seen and redeemed. Amen. So he was able to say if it, he gave, he bought back our will. Because he said, not my will, but yours. And with that, he shed his blood. He shed his blood. Blood, sweat came through his glands. All of it from his head. That's where you sweat. He bought back our will. Amen. He bought it. So I won't go into all the cups. Now I want to talk briefly about the washing of hands. Everything is reflected in the natural and the supernatural. Remember how I told you all of these things are connected. The washing of the hands. Jesus went a step further. And as a servant, he washed the disciples' feet. The leader is a servant. Is, is a servant. And you remember how when Peter, I believe it was Peter who said, But Lord, if, you, if you're going to wash my feet, then wash my whole body. Because he understood the spiritual significance of what was happening. Now, how many of you have experienced a foot washing in this ministry? See how when we do something physical, how it did something spiritual, even baptism, you do something physical, but boy, does it do something to you spiritually. So I just want to to uh, l- let you understand that washing of the hands it's like we're washing for physical germs but we're also washing for spiritual germs so I want uh, Pastor Mike to come up here (laughs) he's going to let his hands be washed okay There you go. Now, I want to tell you something. We're doing something physical. That's enough. That's good. But what's happening in the spirit realm is the washing of all the spiritual junk that needs to come off of our hands. Do you know it's our hands? The Lord says that whatever you put your hands to will prosper. He who puts his hands to the plow and not look back. Our hands get affected in the world. They get affected in the world. There are things that we might not have handled something so well. We might not have handled that relationship. We may not have handled that money. This is a place... That you can reverse that curse with this one spiritual act. That's good. Of the washing of the hands. (laughs) So when we wash our hands, we're not just washing, you know, physical germs. We are washing in the spirit all of the past All the places where we messed up with our hands, everything, it's all being undone. It's all being reversed. It's being annihilated. It's all being undone. And so when Jesus came and washed their feet and Peter, Lord, wash me all over. Because he knew what was happening in the spirit. Amen. and I believe the Lord washed their feet because they were called to, to take the gospel to the world. and He knew what they were where they were going. He knew the hardships that they would face. He knew the death that they would the death that they would encounter. Amen. And He washed their feet to prepare them to, to shod their feet with the good news. Amen. So when we wash our hands, it's very significant. And you can do this even in your time when you go to wash your hands. Just become aware. Lord, I, I wash my hands of the way I handled this or, 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 or what, whatever I touch, the unclean thing, whatever it is. You can do this as a part of your spiritual worship. Amen. And because the Lord says, whatever we do in obedience, I'm gonna tell you one thing. Oh, you will begin to experience blessing at another level. Because you do one little thing, it tips the whole scale. It's just amazing. Our God loves us so much. He's just waiting for us to do the what do one thing. Because He's got so much He wants to give us. So much He wants to pour out on us. Amen? And you do one simple thing, something physical. Well, I don't know why i got to do all that. <laughs> well, you can think that way, but you'll miss out. And most Christians are. A lot of them in the world have missed out because they were never taught the ancient ways. They were never taught the revelation of the spirit the physical and the spiritual and how they're connected. Amen? So, before I go into that, I did want to show you one neat little thing that is done in a Passover Seder. Um, Come here. This is something that's done and they don't know why. They don't know why this is done. All right, you hold this. All right? Now, I want you to open this up this has got three compartments. They don't know why they do this, but it's been done for years, many, many, I mean forever. They have three parts of this type of cloth, and in the middle, in the Passover Seder, Jean, come here for a minute, honey. They break this one in half. Okay? And this one, that piece there, just hold that for a second. This piece gets wrapped up, and it's hidden. It's, it disappears. They don't know why they do this. The middle matzah. And you think about that, there were three on the crosses, and the one in the middle, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that one disappears, this is the one the other piece that Jesus said take and eat this is my body this is the one he used so at the end of the Seder they make it like fun for the kids and all the kids have to search for the missing piece the missing, it's called the afikomen and Iephikomen is the only Greek word in this total Passover Seder. And it means in Greek, it does mean the dessert, but it also means I came. So the kids find it. And then it's found. And then for it to be redeemed, a great price is paid. And he is resurrected, folks. And a great price was paid. Isn't that amazing? I just had to share that with you because it's like there's so many mysteries that they don't even know why. And anyway, so now I'm just going to go over some brief um, blessings. In Exodus, the Lord had said, if you'll keep this Passover, there were certain things that he would do. In Exodus 23, 20, he says an angel will be assigned to you. The angel in promises, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I prepared. So angels are released. There are additional angels. We all have an angel, but there are additional angels as you keep this time with the Lord. In Exodus 23, 22, But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. God will be an enemy to your enemies. This is his word. He promises this. Uh, If you keep this Passover, Exodus 23, 25, it's all right there in Exodus 23. It says, God will give you prosperity, so you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and he will take sickness away from the midst of you. So he'll bless your bread and your water. I want you to remember about the water. I forgot to share this in the hand washing. But that is a symbol of the water is a symbol of wisdom. Wisdom being poured out over your hands and over your life. I forgot to tell you that. But that's what it means. Wisdom is being poured into your hands and into your life. So now when you touch the thing, you will prosper. Now you'll have the wisdom. Amen. It's released in the spirit realm. So he blesses your bread. He blesses your water. God will remove sickness from you. That's the same scripture. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. This is his word. He will remove it from you, from your people, from your family. He will remove the sickness. He says in Exodus 23, 20, 26, next verse, he says, no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. God will give you a long life. We've been out there struggling under curses and all kinds of stuff. And it's all right here. He says, if you'll keep this Passover... If you'll just, and let me just tell you about how gracious and glorious our God is. If we just do one little thing, one little thing, it's amazing how He goes, bravo! They're keeping my feast! They did one little thing! But I'm so happy! There's, He'll be so happy that you honored Him. You know, when I first started looking at this, I thought, well, gosh, isn't that religious? Isn't, do I feel like I gotta do that? No. I don't got to do anything. I get to do it. I get to do it. I'm a child of the king. I'm grafted in. I am grafted into the vine. I get to do it. Amen. Amen. So he'll give you long life. He will cause an increase in inheritance. Little by little, I will drive them out. That's the giants and the problems in your life. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. Amen? God will give you a special blessing, Exodus 23:31, and I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the Sea of Philistia and from the desert to the river, for I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. I mean it was big. He's like thinking big, talking big. Amen. And lots of, there's just something that happens when you participate, even in a physical way. You begin to know, hey, that's mine. Amen. OK, I think that's it. Amen. So I I will teach some more. I will teach some more on the Passover when? The next uh, next week. And so we'll go over some more of the elements. And the revelation behind them and more of the cups. And um so isn't it exciting? Amen. Where's our MC? <laughs> Praise God. Somebody hit the lights, please. Praise God. Lee. Praise God the left side if you guys would stand and just come right around